all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week, oh my God, I did it. Damn it. I was so close. I was just going to make it past the intro and just slide right past the fact that I just said, hey, everybody, instead of, hey, guys. I'm sure you guys don't even give a shit. I'm sure you don't even care because you don't have to listen to me recording myself constantly on repeat over and over. But every single time I introduce this podcast, I always go, hey, guys, and I wanted to change it up, and I did it this time. I successfully did it. The last time I tried to say, hey, everybody, uh, I forgot the name of the podcast. This time I made it all the way through. I was just about to introduce the guests and then I couldn't even help myself and I had to tell you how proud I am. <laughs> what an idiot. You don't need to know any of these things. My guests this week are the wonderful Jay Bainbridge and Matt Bartlam from the band Arroyo. Arroyo in Spanish means creek or like small river. And I never asked them what it meant to them or why they picked that name. But regardless, this is an incredibly cool sound. And I got introduced to them from one of our other friends, Lucas Stone, who was on the podcast in episode 13, I believe. Um, and he's good people. And these guys were very good people. So uh, grateful, so grateful to this podcast because I keep meeting the fucking coolest people. Um, and then the people that are talking to me on the internet, because I'm meeting cool people and talking to cool people, makes me meet even more cool people. So it's fucking awesome. Um, these guys are just about to tour Australia. They have been playing music for a really long time, but uh, haven't really been playing much music together specifically. So they've just decided to embark on this project where they're working specifically together on something that they really care about. And you can tell. Um, they just released two singles off of their first EP. The first single is called uh, Please Just Let Me Know, and the other one is called Hold. And I will have links to them on my website, but you can check them out at Arroyo Music. That's A-R-R-O-Y-O Music on Instagram and Facebook if you want to hear what they sound like. This is a great conversation. We talk a lot about what it takes to make music, what it takes uh, to make music in a commercial kind of industry, especially when you're dealing with sort of cutthroat business people and labels and what it takes to kind of stay, stand your ground and stick with what you believe in. So hope you enjoy the conversation. And there is a quick disclaimer. I had exactly one hour to record this podcast with them. So I got them into the studio. We sat down and we just started talking and then I eventually just started pushed record. So if it feels a little bit like you just walked into the room while a bunch of strangers were talking, um, <laughs> unfortunately, that is exactly what happens. So sorry about that. Um, and I had to cut the conversation short so that I could go to work at the gym. But not to worry, when they get back from their tour, they are going to come in here, play us some music, and give us a full another podcast. Because we started talking about some very cool concepts and very good ideas that I wanted to get into more depth on, but unfortunately we just didn't have the time to do it. So we will definitely do it again sometime near the end of December. Um, that's pretty much it. Also, I just wanted to give you a quick little update on November. Uh, if you 
uh, follow me on Instagram, then you probably know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, then I'll just give you a quick recap. I do a challenge with my flatmate, Melina, once a month. Each month we pick something and then uh, we try to stick to it for the whole month. So for the month of November, we've called it Notevember. And the idea is that we have to write three pages in our journal once a day. So every day we have to write down three pages of bullshit from the inside of our head. And then uh, one of the stipulations is that if we write anything negative about ourselves, we have to highlight it in orange or red. The good news is that both of us are really struggling to write anything negative about ourselves, which I thought would be fucking impossible because I'm constantly um, making fun of myself or convincing myself that I'm a piece of shit. And for some reason, uh, I don't know. I don't have anything to complain about right now. So (laughs) it's really good. And I'd say if you're struggling right now with any kind of uh, lowness or feeling a bit down or depressed or lost or uh, lonely... I, I don't know what it is about this, and I don't know why it works, but it really works. Just sit down. The first thing you do in the morning before you check your phone, before you do anything else, just grab a notebook from the side of your desk or sorry, side of your bed and just write three pages. Nothing. It doesn't matter what the fuck it is. With no judgment, nothing. Just write. You could even write, I'm writing about writing, and I'm fucking bored, and I wish I didn't have to write these stupid three pages because I'm just writing. You can write that. It doesn't matter. Nobody should ever see it. You shouldn't even see it. Burn it if you want to when it's over. But there's something about getting this weird, toxic, stupid bullshit out of your head first thing in the morning or at the end of your day that sort of clears your head out so you don't take it out on somebody else or take it out on yourself throughout the course of the day. I don't know why it works, but I I think of all the challenges, this is the one that I feel the best about. So... Anyways, there's that. And Melina, and it's not just my opinion, I guess I should say, Melina also feels very good about it. So there you go. I hope you guys have a great week. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Here it is. If it was up to us, we'd just put it all out. Yeah, I, I, really, I really just want everyone to hear it, but you kind of have to do it in a strategic way to, you mm-hmm. know, to get the most out of them. But yeah, it's it's definitely exciting to be playing them live. That's what we're doing. That's what we were doing today. Yeah. We're setting up our uh, Matt's kit and getting ready to actually do it live. So cool. So do cool. you need to enlist the help of other people to get the whole song out live? Like, do you need more than th- two of you? Yeah. So we've mm-hmm. got like, there's another two guys that are just like super close friends of ours, um, Luke who is the um, electric guitarist. Ah, yeah. I, I've been friends with him for, you know, probably going on 12 years now. He's the He played guitar in Dead Letter Circus as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm um, about to talk to Kim. He's oh, coming cool. down in a couple of weeks, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Kim's awesome. Yeah. Apparently, he's got a good brain, says Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's an interesting dude, for sure. Yeah, Rad. 100%. Yeah. These guys, Kim and Jay, have, like, this little bit of... Um, kind of a friendly rivalry going on. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so maybe just tell Kim that Jay was talking yeah. shit about him. Just and to, Jay did way better than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> you need to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay was way more compelling on the podcast. Even as soon as he walks in the door, I'd be like, oh, you're not going to Yeah, shit, there was but. just something, there was something about his personality, <laughs> yeah. his aura. Throw that through, half, like halfway through, just say, Jay was a bit better than you at this. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Just, you might just have to leave. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he, yeah, so like, um... Luke is Luke plays guitar with us. He's actually been involved from the get go as well because the way that we've done this project is 
it just started more of a um, a means of escape from what I was doing day to day. Yes. Because yeah. it was like, I mean, I make music for a living and that's what I've been doing for the last you know, 11, 12 years and just constantly working on other people's music and other people's art, which like, I still think that's like the ultimate privilege to mm. be able to wake up and do that for a yeah. job. Like, come on, that's insane. But it does get a little bit draining uh, because you're just always working on other people's ideas. Mm. And so this was just like a, a really good opportunity to just escape from that and do something that was just completely us. Yeah. And we, Jay and I had been super close friends and Jay was in another project. And I always kind of had this idea that what he was doing in that project wasn't exactly the right avenue for, for his talent and for his specific gifts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just even the way, and just even (laughs) the way that he was singing the pop music as well. Yeah. Just the, my voice, it was, um, I was a lot younger, obviously when I was playing in that, that act, but I was trying to sing the way that I thought I should sing rather than what mm. was natural from my voice. So I was trying to mimic bands that I liked at that time. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. And I worked with a bunch of singing teachers and it just never felt right. Like I felt like it was kind of like too much strain on my voice. Mm. Um, and then I remember that group, we took a break and I just, I was at home and I was just like, all right, what would I make if it was just to be for me? Like mm. just what naturally comes out with nothing, no expectations. I'm not going to release this. Yeah. And then I think I made that first, that first demo. Move. Yeah. It was called Move. And um, it was like, I was super nervous, like sending it to Matt because it was like the opposite direction of what I was currently doing. I sent it to him and he said nothing for like a week. And oh, like, fuck. And, oh, God, and, and, the anxiety. <laughs> oh, man. Every day I was looking at my phone like, come on, just say something. Just hate it or love it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he called me. I didn't me. know that. Yeah, too. Just, <laughs> you mind fucked me so good. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he just basically called me. He was like, dude, I've been listening to that track all week. Like, he's like, Rad. this is really cool. There's something special here. And I'd been also doing, like, making tracks. and Yeah. I think maybe that was, was that Hold? Yeah. That I sent you? Yeah, no, that was later on. It was later on. That was later on. But this one, this one was like, I had a very demo version of Move. And then we went to the studio like on one afternoon after he finished up with a group and uh, he just did his production thing. Like it was, none of it was planned like the way that we've worked together, but it just works really well because Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an engineer, but not, I wouldn't call myself that. But for Matt, like, that's his world. That's his day-to-day. So mm. when I bring him a track or if I have an idea, he can just take it to a place where I could never. Yeah. And just so and, and open so many doors, like, artistically. That's cool, man. Yeah. So it's just, it was one of those natural things where I, I don't know, you can't even, you couldn't even write it to be that perfect. It was just supernatural. Yeah. And then from that point, it was just like, <clears throat> wow, that worked really well. Yeah. That was mm. easy. That felt really great. It felt mm. like it was... It, it didn't. It was weird because like I'd, we'd be doing. I mean, way back when we started it, I was doing huge days and working with bands, like just doing a big session. And then in the downtime, I was like, "Let's get into the studio and work on this track," yeah. or like, mm. "Let's do this." Or, but it didn't feel like work. It didn't. Isn't feel that like an anything. amazing thing so. when you're really connected to something like that? It re- and it really feels like it's coming out of you. You could I, you could be there for twelve hours and you wouldn't even know that the time's passing. But oh, yeah. sitting there draining, like agonizing over one little detail for somebody else, it does. I, I totally understand what you mean. Well, when you're doing what you love, you can never burn out. I know. And do you know what? That's a tough thing because that's a hard thing to say because I think you're right in a way, but there is a lot of shit you got to push through to get 
to be doing what you love. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I, it's not the thing that you do that burns you out though. It's the other circumstances. It's all of the stuff. It's having to do life Mm. and having to actually manage like, you know, your, your schedule with like, okay, I've got to be an adult as well. I've Mm -hmm. got to do this so I can pay the bills. Yeah. And, but also got to like find time to do what's really important. It's a balancing act for sure. And managing the, the psychological demons, I think that come up when you're pursuing your own kind of path, like, like you're thinking all right I'm in this group I'm doing music like this is what I'm supposed to be doing but something's not quite right but yeah. but then from the outside it's like no you're doing what you love right you're singing you that's your thing and it's yeah. all good but something's fucking not quite right something's missing in there yeah. and it's hard to start questioning yourself because you're like what no I'm I'm getting success I guess you know people are hearing my songs or whatever but yeah it's I, so those things are really hard to put like put a label on and go oh that's why that was wrong yes because there's I, different it, categories it's, right? it's really hard to be honest with yourself, I think when you create something and you look back on it and it might not be, uh, it might not be what you expected or it might not be the right thing. Mm. Like I remember the last EP I finished um, in the other band I was playing in. I remember calling you and just saying to you, like we, we, we went to Nashville, like finished it up in Nashville and spent a lot of time on it, spent a lot of money. And uh, I remember just listening to it and just being like, I don't think this is it. Fuck. And there's no, oh, you can't, God. you just can't redo any of that, you know? And no. I remember just feeling not right about it. It was great. Like I listen back to the, that EP now and it's, it is a good EP. It's great. Like I mm. love it. But this stuff for me is so much more like what I was, I've been wanting to do, I think, and what it, the sound I kind of wanted to make. Um, but yeah, it was, it's one of those hard things where you kind of have to just be honest with yourself and go, this is probably not right. And, mm. But mm. yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think I may be at that point with my artwork a little bit. Like there are things that I fucking love doing and I can get lost in it, but I don't really have the stamina or I, what is the word I'm looking for? Like if I walked in here in the daytime and go, well, what am I going to do today? I've got mm. all the hours in the day. I could do anything I want. The first thing I want to do is like figure out how to have this podcast, research a topic and make a new podcast. That's the first thing that's appearing in my head. And it could just because it's the time that I'm in. And you know how sometimes you go through phases of like, I'm just into this. But there was a period of time where I just get in here and be like, I'm going to paint today. And that's all I want to do. But I kind of maybe had to have that realization that I like making artwork, but that's not, and it's fun for me to do it every once in a while, but that's not my thing. Yeah. As much as I want it to be my thing, yeah. I think some, there's something about this that feels so much more authentic and natural to me. And they're all still this like creative outlet, yeah. but there's a, an element of like having to let go of an attachment to being a thing. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, like, oh, I'm supposed to be this because that's what I've done for so long and, that, and that's who I'm supposed to be and then maybe I'm not, you know? Definitely. I think like people will tell you. Uh, music for me was one of the things that was the only hobby that I've ever had where people would say to me, dude, like that was really amazing. That was really cool. Or mm, I really mm-hmm. love that. You know, I do other things like I surf and I skate and I grew up doing, you know, motocross and things like that. And I was never, I don't know, that was never really attention, you know, for me, you know, it, it's hard. Like music for me has just been the one thing that I kind of show up and people go, Hey, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's in the same for you. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely an element of that. And I think, um, and it's so evidently clear in this, the two songs at least that I've heard of you guys, like it, there's something that hits to the core of you because it's so authentic. 
Wow. Whatever Thank that you. thing is you're doing. That's, that's awesome. That's the best compliment uh, I've it's ever been so, given. <laughs> honestly, it's so good. Like, so it was my birthday yesterday, yeah. and Happy Melina, birthday. thank you. Um, Melina, dr- like, dressed up our house and made it all cute for me to walk home. And the song she played was um, Please Just Let Me Know When I Walked oh, no In. Because it was, like, the song, because I came home two weeks ago, and I was like, fuck, you've got to hear this. And I just put it on for her, and I was like, what do you think? She was like, oh, my God. And now for every day, whenever we're just going somewhere, we put that song and we oh, put Hold yeah. On. Thank it's you. It's so good. So it's like this is now our new thing yeah. because you guys made that. Oh, and it's so something. Good. And it's that's not weird. That's so weird. Oh, that's, yeah. But it's, we're like, but it's we're, awesome. It's so fresh for us, though. Like, it, like, I'm used to hearing other people talk about, like, other records that I've been involved with like that. Yeah. Like as in just like as a producer or an engineer and, uh, you know, you kind of get used to going, oh, yeah, cool. I mean, they're awesome. They're great. But it's still weird that people are enjoying our music. Yeah. That's that's kind of strange. When it's your thing, it's weird. Hey? Yeah, it's great. Well, it's not. What kind of even genre do you put that in? Because it's not anything I've ever really heard before. I don't know what you'd call that. I don't know. We've been struggling. I struggle. If I tell people, <laughs> sometimes I don't even tell people I do music because of this question. They're like, I, what, I what genre on, is it? And you're like, oh. When I uploaded it to Spotify the other day, like for whole... <clears throat> You have to fill in the tags for the genres. Yeah. And I sat there looking at the screen for half an hour. Yeah. And then I just left yeah. it blank. It's music. I don't know. Like, to be honest, it's um, all of the stuff that we do, we don't go into it with like a formula or a specific mm. approach. A lot of the time, it'll just be either a chord progression or sometimes just a beat. Yeah. Or like Jay will come up with like a like an acoustic guitar part with like a he'll hum a melody yeah mm. and we just build on top of it until we don't hate it yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah isn't it funny how sometimes you can make something and it feels it streams out of you and you're like oh that's it and then other times you do this exact same thing and it's just not it mm. and it's like yeah. how, how the fuck I think this is why creativity is so it's like grabbing smoke in your hand it's so fucking hard to know if it's it or not it or yeah and you you learn to kind of trust that feeling like oh, i'll be drawing 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 and feeling it and i'm just like all right just kind of stick through i know there's time that i need to spend on creating this line that will eventually hone my skills to make something i want but then yeah. there are sometimes i sit down and just fucking comes yeah. it's just out and you're just like i had no part in that yeah. Do you know what i mean like this is it's it's i think being creative in that kind of way is the only way you can connect to something much greater than yourself and actually have a result, physical result from it. Yeah. Because the only other times that this kind of thing seems to happen is like when you're in love with somebody else, you know, like you, you and it happens in sex, I think sometimes if people don't have too many hangups, but you have these like moments or like passing conversations or something really deep with another person and you just walk away going, oh my God, that yeah. was something special. And I think that's what artwork does, you know, like that's what music does, that's what physical artwork does. It's that connection to that thing and then you have a physical, yeah. tangible thing you can experience again and again. Yeah, you got to sneak up on it. Yes. It, it, it's like, you, you kind of, so you have to sneak up on it and you have to get out of your own way. Absolutely. Like I think, and sometimes in a session, like when we do something, it'll be only like half an hour, like the moment is like half an hour and then after that, it's just something changes and you can't make anything else. But mm. in that half an hour, there's just pure, it's, you're not thinking about, you know, anything else. It's just, yeah. you're in the room with that person or with that piece of music and it's real. And that's, that's when you capture something special, I think. Mm. But yeah, the, the whole sneaking up on it thing is like, I'm, I think every artist tries to figure that out. And I don't know if you can, but 
I don't know. Yeah, sometimes you, you you know when it arrives. You're there and you're making something. And I remember, sometimes I look at Matt and I just got goosebumps and I'm like, dude, we're, we're 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 there. We snuck <laughs> up on it. But um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's like it's exactly what you said. But we are really good at knowing when it's when to not push. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we just, you know, if we're not feeling it and we're not on like the same wavelength or we're just not, we know that we're on, not in the zone, the, we're really good at just going, okay, take a step back and we'll just go and do something else. Yeah. Like we were struggling for um, this bridge, a concept for a bridge lyrically and melodically for one of our songs that we were working on a couple of months ago. And we were sitting there, like, with our phones, like, trying to come up with lyrics and playing this part of the music over and over again. It just wasn't happening. It just felt forced. Mm. And so we just kind of went, let's just, because I got, a, like, this awesome boxer dog and Jay's got the one of the same dogs from the same litter. So oh, we've got, like, okay. the brothers from the same litter. <laughs> and he was looking at me through the windows, like, take me for a walk. So we just put him on the lead and we've got, like, this great piece of... Um, like forest, like wilderness behind our house. Uh, it's got like a big mountain bike track that runs through it. And right. we just went for a walk and we just started talking about um, mm. like just what was happening in our lives because, uh, you know, um, Jay's wife, she, they're, they're pregnant. They've got a baby coming yeah. in Yay. February. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> and we just started talking about like um, like all of the, the stuff associated with that, like the fears, like of the oh, unknown. Oh, fuck, yeah, responsibility. And responsibility yeah. and how does this make me feel? Like I was, I was like, are you, how are you going? Like we're just having like a really genuine conversation about it. And it just like that's where the bridge came from. It was yeah. just like mm. we, just, we just got back into the studio and we just wrote about that conversation that we had. Right. And so that's kind of like a lot of how the, the stuff works. Like one of the songs... I can't remember what, which one it was, but I wrote all the ly- the lyrics on the way to pick up the kids from school because I got stuck in traffic on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just sent you like a text message and it yeah. was like the verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge. Like I r- literally yeah. I was stuck in traffic and I was just like... Oh, yeah, that's a thing. And, yeah. and it was like it just happened and I sent it to Jay and I'm like, what about that? And I think that was it. Yeah, straight away I was like, that's... Like you, it's so funny. You can bash your head against the wall trying to do it. And like sometimes, like people go in to writing a song, they go, "I want to write the song about this. This no. is what the song's going to be about." And it's like, and I want it to sound like this other song, yeah. which is like, oh any, god, immediately, man, yeah. Anytime I've ever tried to do that, it's just like you go nowhere so fast, mm. like you just can't move. It's like running quicksand. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's like again, make me a viral video. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's like it's like yeah. me looking at that amazing photo. And then going, I want to do that, but I want to have my own spin on it. It's yeah. always just going to be a copy. Can you do that, but like in red <laughs> and then also like put a wave in it because I'm really into surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, exactly. no. Yeah. Can you it, make it about dolphins <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somehow? Yeah, yeah, but that's what it's like. It's, it's, you it take is. something which is a completely original concept and you just try to make it generic by copying it. Mm. And so I think a lot of the time... Yeah. Um, we just don't we just we don't try to do anything we just let it fall out and if it's not just coming naturally we stop and mm. go and do something else yeah I, that's the thing that we always say to each other it's like if i'm doing a vocal bit and it just doesn't sound cool he'll just tell me he's like please stop trying mm. stop trying to do that bit yes because it's just like if the, the coolest sounding thing is when you know i do something that doesn't I'm not trying. I just do it. Mm. And, and you don't you even realize a lot of the time no. you're doing it. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just record a section over and over again. And I go, listen, 
forget what you just did <laughs> and just like sing gibberish or sing like words, whatever. And f- this is the weirdest thing. So many times the gibberish and the words that come out when you're just, you yeah. get into the state of just like letting go. When we listen back to it, we go, wow, that's like, you're actually saying some really interesting things there. Mm. Mm. Because yeah. you're just like speaking completely out of that like subconscious element of your brain. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's, that's like, that's something I actually learned from Jared. Because um, yeah. our friend, uh, Jared James, uh, you know, I was asking him because his lyrics are just incredible. If you haven't checked out his music, definitely have a listen. Okay. Um, and I was asking him one time, he was at uh, the studio, and I was like, dude, how do you write lyrics? And he goes, I just sing gibberish and my subconscious talks to me and yeah, then I just write nice. it down and then and it is and trying to decipher like you just try and decipher your own subconscious because yeah. that's the yeah. thing where you're just going sometimes you have to kind of work out what did I mean by that mm-hmm. and it becomes self-evident yeah and it really it, it, it does it does speak out and sometimes you look back or you listen back through takes and you just hear something like whoa like that's really connecting with something that's going on with me mm. um, and I'm sure you know I think I think it's the combination of not thinking about it, but you're you're more just singing kind of melodies. But when you say it and you're not thinking about it, it sounds cooler or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anytime I've tried to write lyrics down and sing them, it's just yeah, they become kind of contrived. It's like they become packages yeah. of a feeling rather than the feeling itself. You know, like yeah. when you you have like an authentic connection with someone and then you say it out loud, it immediately becomes cheaper. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. As you, it becomes a commodified version of itself. And yeah. I, yeah, like I, that's the hardest thing. I think that is the artist's main challenge is to try and figure out how to keep that authentic connection to that place of chaos where ideas come from yeah. and translate it without cheapening it. Yeah. And yeah. oh, fuck, that's so hard. Yeah. Well, K- Kim, who you're going to be speaking to soon, he is the master of that. As far as I'm concerned, like that dude is like, you know, like a lyrical genius because Very he has this ability yeah. to um, like tap into something, into like this, this part of like, like just emotion that people get, like they really connect to, um, but it doesn't come across in this con- contrived or cheap way. Mm. Um, mm. Just the, the way he writes lyrics, is just so amazing. Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. But we didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah, don't of course not. Please don't tell myself. He's that. he's almost <laughs> a genius, but you're a lot he, better. He's mm. all, he's all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm better, but he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I was um, watching like the evolution of hip hop. It's a little docu-series on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. And there was one place where um they're talking to Big Daddy Kane about um Rock him mm. and he's like yeah, he's all right, but don't tell him I said that. Like, they're two legends of their time, and they're f- famous for yeah, battling yeah. each other. So we'll just go with that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, yeah, man, like, so that's, uh, and, and I think that, so I was, I was just saying to him before that I watched the movie A Star is Born yesterday. Mm. That's a great movie. We yeah, saw it a, together. Yeah. That's a great fucking movie. So, I, yeah. I had no expectation that it was going to be that good, but a friend of mine who's a musician was like, you've got to go and see this movie, and I trust all of his recommendations. I was like, all right, I'll go and watch it. And... It was a little bit scary because I identified so much with that, uh, the man character in yeah. that a sense of hopelessness. I've been through some yuck times in my past and I've definitely like come out of it in a very clear headed kind of way. But this thing lingers with me all the time of this like hopeless sensation that you can get so close to the thing and it can 
slip out of your fingers so quickly. And seeing like the cheesiness of what happens to his wife in this in the movie, yeah. you know, she's got this beautiful raw talent, this like unbelievable, incredible, magical power, and then it becomes commodified. She gets a manager and she becomes herself. And from her perspective, she's like, Oh, you're being jealous of me. And he's sitting there just going, You're embarrassing. Yeah. And I get it, like I completely understand it because on one side of the world you wanna be the you wanna be a star, you wanna be a thing and people yeah. to see your stuff. I want people to listen to the podcast. But then as soon as you become this thing, that thing can disappear so quickly. That authenticity, the reason why you did something, it's so hard to hold on to it. Yeah. That was that was rough watching that for sure. I was so hard. Yeah, it's like I think that, that's, I think that's a fear that like yeah, every musician goes through or any creative person goes through because, you know, we're not in the industry where, you know, you still get, it's not like a regular job. You don't get paid while you're still failing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, you and, have to and, succeed. Yeah, you have to succeed. And so sometimes that shortcut, you know, if someone presents you an option and says, hey, do you want to go and play this? you know, TV show, oh, but it's going to be completely pre-recorded and you're just going to be miming, but you're going to get great exposure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've been in that situation before. I have, yeah. And with your boy band? Yeah, yeah. with the boy band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, were, we were a pop rock band. <laughs> it was, uh, but I remember that happening and we had to make a call. We made that with you too. We actually, we were yeah. so cl- close working with Matt. It was our manager, Matt, and the band. We had a meeting about it and it was, they were basically, I can't say like what, show it was but they were you know saying that okay you're going to be in the top three if you join the show so that's you'll be in the top three that's what you're going to get oh my god so uh, we already know the outcomes this show's this total is how, bullshit this is how it all works yeah yeah and talk, that's it's, all, it's all pre pre-decided yeah. and pre-ordained and and this is what i was talking about before with when we were off this and um it's just you see these you get these little peaks behind the curtain of what really goes on and it's just so disgusting. Mm. It's so far away from why we do what we do that mm. you kind of, it, it shocks you. Like I remember we were excited when I first got the phone call, but I was like, oh, we're going to be on a TV show. This is going to be cool. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, that's gross. Like mm. we're going to, they're going to let us go through regardless to what other people do oh, yeah. just to sell us. Cause like we're, so it's like a pretend reality, like um, challenge show, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all but set up. Oh, fuck the, that. The whole, yeah. the whole construct of um, commercial television, it, like I didn't understand until I started like getting a little bit more involved and started playing maybe, you know, I can't remember if it was Sunrise or one of, it was like one of those morning shows and we were playing, we had to do like the, play the one song in between and, um, we were all on in-ears and it was like the only time we could set up was in the gaps when they'd throw to a commercial. We'd mm. have to like, we'd have like three minutes where we'd have to like run on, set up the drum kit and then it was like quiet on stage. And, and I remember I was sitting there, I had one of my in-ears in which had the live feed of what was happening on the, the show. And um, they were talking about the, the house market and one of the panellists, he goes, okay, this is my opinion and I'm going to tell you what I think is going on in, in, in this, you know, kind of section of, of the market. Um, but now we're going to throw to our um, correspondent over in Wall Street, you know, blah, 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 like talking about how we're going to, like, second opinion, let's throw yeah. to this other guy. And so it comes up on the screen and there's this dude standing, you know, with like the, you know, Wall Street behind him. And I could hear the feed coming through, but then I could hear like 
it acoustically out of my other ear as well. And so I took my e- other ear out and I'm looking around and I could hear the dude. I could hear his Who voice. Who was in Wall Street? Who was in Wall Street, right? And I look up That's on the awesome. mezzanine and there he is. Oh, the, the, my in, God. The independent financial advisor yep, of course. is standing on the mezzanine with a green screen yeah. <laughs> and, and then at that, that's when it all clicked that this is just all we're all getting fed just this bullshit, this, this bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and ever since then I've just been like ugh like I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about being involved or being a part of it because you have to be at some stage Fuck. Yeah. yeah you do but then, then there's a whole another level of what you're, what you're talking about with um, you know that movie it's just when when someone tells you how to make your art and when to make your art and like has that control, mm. I just feel like what's the point? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. And the trouble is, I find is that if and psychologists talk about this a lot, like being an open type of person. That a lot of closed types of people are really good at numbers and business and getting goals and getting shit done. And then these open types of characters are really creative. But the trouble with open types is that we are very easily swayed and confused and easily susceptible to manipulation because you're so open to that many ideas and and possibilities and changes that you can, if you're not really grounded in what matters and really trust yourself, it's really easy to doubt that what you're doing is the thing. Yeah, 100%. And it's so fucking hard to feel it. You know, like a, a lot of times I'll listen back to something I've done and be like, ugh. Was that all right? I'm not sure. And most of the time I can kind of tell, like, I can see it. You can't usually see it straight away. You can see it, like, maybe a year later, like, ah, oh, I was a bit contrived. Yeah, I was being a bit pretentious there. Like, I wasn't quite authentic. Yeah. But for the most part, you kind of more or less know what you're working on. But I think, like, I really fear that I don't trust my own intuition enough to stick, stand my ground when I feel like my, my artistic direction is right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if I was in that position that I would know to put my foot down and be like, actually, no, this is the better decision. I, the way I see it is with art, success like, or money should just be a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, I think people in, sometimes in the industry are just, or in you know, any art industry are kind of just looking at success as the financial. So like if I make a bunch of money off a song, I'm successful. Right. Um, like, yeah, I've had, I've had people ask me like, or do you think you're going to make it? And like that yeah, question, that question that is such a weird question to ask someone that makes art because it's like we've, we've, we've been it. making it. Yeah, like we're, we're, we're making we've made it. it. <laughs> like I hang out with him and we make music and we like have a hell of a time. Yeah, yeah. we have made it. That and right. that for us, we've 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 spoken at length about you know like what happens next. You know, because we we we've yeah. got all we've, like, heaps of our friends are like have been you know transported to the next level, and I've said to Jay, man, you got to realize this moment that we're in now where we're making music the way we want to with no strings attached this is the best time yeah right this is this is the highlight Mm. i said it's you know it gets harder from here but we've got to always remember that this is what is important yeah coming back to this moment where there's nothing more enjoyable for us than getting together in the studio and writing music 100 percent. and how do you stay how do you remind yourself of that like how we don't have to we don't have to remind ourselves. I what mean, about like, in ma- five ma- years? Ma- yeah, well, maybe later. But I mean, yeah. it's. I, I think we've been lucky enough to see like close friends of ours go through this process before, mm, and that's good. And it, we've been able to see some of the maybe wrong turns and right decisions that they've made. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, like, it's really hard because 
there's no way to judge and it, it, like it's impossible to know what it's like until you are in that situation yeah and there is and there is so much pressure um in the industry because it's so cutthroat Fuck. and uh, you know when you're working with a&R and labels it, it is about the bottom dollar it's it's when you're organizing a tour yeah it's it's all about the money we it's have all to about the that. business of it and you have so, to remember that when you work with a label they they're business people yeah they're not yeah, they're artists. that closed type strict yeah. down the line they, they want to know how much money you're going to make them and that's okay that's that's their job and you mm. have to respect that and go okay well if you if we need to make money together let's see if we can make money together but that's there's a, there's a part that we don't give. But that's not our responsibility. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So. What, um, you mentioned before that you've seen right turns and wrong turns. Could you give me like a specific example of what, what happens to people that are good turns or bad turns to take? Because, I yeah. mean, I think that's probably really common for a lot of people that start getting success. Like, it's, I think it's just common stuff that, like, uh, everyone would be, you know, I think everyone knows that one person that has had an element of success. And it just takes over their life to the point where they forget their roots they forget where they're from they forget Mm. why they do what they do Mm. and they lose that joy they lose that passion of just at their core being a creative artistic person yeah and it becomes about the business and you you start to believe the hype you start to believe and drink the kool-aid yeah you drink the kool-aid and all of a sudden it's it's like you know your friends stop becoming like your friends on the Gold Coast and your friends are now in LA and it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. or New York or wherever the trendy place is. And it's, mm. um, it's hard because we are responsible for creating that world that we live in now through social media. And, um, I, I said this to my wife the other night, I said, why do a lot of girls like fill up their Facebook feeds with, women who are just like posting half naked photos of themselves Mm. like you know or with like fashion accessories or I I said for me as a guy it feels that feels really foreign because like I don't have a feed which is completely full up of like half naked dudes who are showing their abs and you know like (laughs) check out out this new Bondi beach tanner that I just you know (laughs) and like for me that's such a strange existence but again we've done all of that stuff to ourselves Mm -hmm. so we get caught up in it without even knowing but um, yeah, so it can be a bit of a slow creep. It is. I, always, yeah. I like to call that thing buying into your own bullshit. It's like other people create, like what we were kind of talking about in L.A., how sometimes like in, around Hollywood you feel like you're talking to a character because you're, you're talking to the bullshit vers- version of this person. It's almost like there's like a rubber suit on the outside of people and they just pump it up with air and then oh, that's yeah. who you meet. Yeah. You know, and it's like I've bought into this character. Like yeah. I am now the Lorna that you're talking to yeah. and I'm not the me that that got me to that point. Yeah. I'm and I and it's always to me I think like if I could pin it down to something it's like that suddenly the person becomes bigger than the idea. The idea initially got you there. The idea that you wanted to make music or the yeah. idea that you had an idea to express and he says it well in that movie where he's like you've got something to say, say it your way. Yeah. While people are listening. While the people are listening. So say it your way. Cause the problem is, and, and I don't, I so fucking hard to, I can imagine it could get easily skewed, but that thing where you forget what you were trying to say, because you suddenly become the thing that's saying it, you become the object and people are looking at you, the object. Yeah. And I've only ever seen it on little scales, but like it happens uh, to us fighting because he, he suddenly, it's the imposter syndrome. It's I'm a thing inside myself 
that experiences my life, right? I, I'm inside here all the time and I'm experiencing the outside world, but everybody else sees me in a totally different way, whatever way they want to perceive me. And when I walk into the gym, petrified of my upcoming fight, you know, yep. just know, thinking all the fucking doubts, all the bullshit, all the, everything I don't want to be worried about myself. And then everyone runs up like, hey, champ, you're feeling good, you're feeling pumped, you're feeling stoked. And you're just like, no, I don't want to, I don't even <laughs> want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. And as much and nice and friendly and lovely as they are, they think they're pumping you up. And it just, it makes you feel so small and lonely because you're like, you have no fucking idea. Yeah. How scary this is. But that's why I think it's important to, as like, you know, it, for, for yourself or for anyone, like, it's so important to keep that authenticity. Yeah. Because mm. the biggest problem that we're facing now, I, I think, in society is this, you know, everyone looks at everyone else through this lens. Mm. And everyone thinks that everyone else has it together. So when you actually struggle with something, you feel so alone because you look at everyone else, including yeah. your closest friends, and you think, man, I'm yeah, the yeah, only yeah, person man. that doesn't have this together. Yeah. But the reality is we're all fighting our own battles and we're <laughs> yeah. all struggling with the same stuff. Hell yeah, man. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, thank God for my closest friends. Like, I mean, Jay and I and the guys in the band and my wife and, like, all of my close, close friends, Kim, we don't know how to operate on a surface level. Yeah. yeah, because uh, it just feels so bizarre. It's wrong. Yeah, and we talk about how we're like, there's nothing that I don't know about you, and no. vice versa. Yeah, mm. but I don't try and hide that from anyone. I mean, obviously, you have to protect yourself as well. Like I, I would say, there are kind of sometimes that people use um, maybe a persona to defend themselves or to protect themselves mm. because they might be a little bit shy or nervous and it's easier to be a persona yes. in the public eye yeah. mm. and so I get that as well but then there's like then it steps over into this whole nother level yeah the self that you think people want you to be in well and that's the other question about it too is that I think if you allow like that kind of example is like the idea that they have an expectation of me I have to be this someone you know what I mean? That's where the shit gets squirrely. It, it, it may not even be your own self. Like the, the gross one is where you really believe it. That like I am the champ and that's, yeah. I fucking run this, yeah, you know? That's and that's, the, that's the sickening thing though. That's yeah. the, that's the worst one probably yeah. almost. Cause that's, there's no helping that person. Cause there's no, that those insecurities are so deep down inside them that they actually can't even see them themselves. And they've just carried on this persona. And that, that's what's frightening about having like the yes men around you. As you said, it's so important to have your oh, good yeah. friends around you. Cause did you guys see that movie? Um, this is it. The, um, Michael Jackson documentary. Oh, yes. Yeah. yes. And just watching it's not his fault necessarily. The people around him that don't have the fucking balls to just tell him he's yeah. a psychopath, yeah. they Scary are his enough. undoing, yeah. right? Like he's, you're not going to make any good music anymore when everyone just constantly licks up your ass, you know, yeah. every day. It's absolutely. You've got to have those people that are telling you like, come rein it in, buddy. That, that's where <laughs> ego comes into it all though because, you know, a lot of people, they, um, and this is something that like we always talk about, but, there's this connection with our who we think we are and and what kind of value we place on ourselves, mm. and it's all wrapped up in our ego and our and our self worth. And usually, it's directly attached to what we do. So a lot of people, especially yeah. musicians, yeah. their their entire self worth is wrapped up in what they do and how they do it. So as soon as like someone like me who's a producer, and I've seen this hundreds of times, wow. band comes into the studio, show me the idea, and they've paid me for my honesty. So I'll just go, you know what, 
that's cool. There's some really cool ideas, but what about this, 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 and this? And it's, it defends them on this core level where they feel like I'm attacking their very personality or something like that. Yeah. And I've just had to learn this because I remember the first time I did a, a, a mix for a band. It was like my first proper like paid mix. And I put my whole like heart and soul into it. Like I spent two or three days on it. Like just, man, they're going to love this. This is, you know, this is, this is great. I sent it off, got like a three page reply going, this is shit. (laughs) Why did you do that? Okay. Can we change this, this and this? And it, it made me feel like a failure. Oh yeah. But then after you go through that enough times, you start to realize that, Hey, wait, that's not who I am. It's just what I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's like where you, you, everyone has to get to that point somehow, but yeah, you just don't. Yeah, and do you know you're only home, like you're only kind of lifeline at those moments. Um, I, I like to think of them as like almost like uh, psychological earthquakes that like you're trekking along, you're trekking along, you're building up a house, you're building up an environment, you've got a little town now, and then all of a sudden a fucking earthquake comes and everything falls to bits because you worked so hard on building this thing and then it's going to fall apart. But the only lifeline there is that you still are the conscious awareness that's inside the town. You may have built the town up, but you were there building the town. So you built it once, you can build it again and again and again. This is what life is. And so like your lifeline is the acceptance that life is always forever constantly changing. (laughs) So yesterday we were talking about... Really? I I said, man, I said, because we we were talking about like things are about to change because you got a baby coming and like life will just be different. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I said like, that's the, the only thing constant is change. It's like, that's, well, I've got three kids and oh, wow. um, you seem young to have three kids. Yeah. I mean, God started young, you know, so. <laughs> Good. but, um, like they're teenagers and it's weird because wow. you think you get like your handle on each different like age group. And then, it's like six months goes on and they're different humans and Ugh. you have to just change everything about yeah. your approach to being <laughs> a parent and it's weird, but you just adapt. You learn, you, I think as you get older, you just learn how to adapt quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point, actually. It is, it's almost like, and that probably has something to do with perspective. Like that as a little kid, this percentage of your life is all you've experienced. So that's a hundred percent of your perspective. So, you know, like if, uh, uh, a classmate makes fun of you at school of seven years, that seven minutes takes up a much greater percentage than oh, yeah. if you had lived 70 years, seven, seven minutes is much smaller. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you're right. Like you've got this kind of, your ability to adapt. I think that's actually a really good point. In, in my 30s, I was wondering why I was doing better at this and not getting like derailed constantly. And I think that's exactly it. I'm just better at acknowledging like, all right, that's not the end of the world. What's the next thing? I'm going to be fine. And I just, I pick myself up faster. I think than I used to, and I don't get so attached to being yeah. a thing. That's and, and, a great way of putting it. And, and as well, I, I, this is what has just helped me as well. Uh, when I'm going through something which I find struggling or it's a challenge, I, I just like to go straight to the worst possible case scenario. <laughs> like <laughs> masochistic. But, no, but like in, in in the sense that the worst thing that can happen is still like not bad. Yeah, it's still manageable. Like I still wake yeah. up the next day living in Australia on the Gold Coast. Um, and I have great friends and family and support network. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you honestly, it's one of those things where you just go, 
well, you know what? The worst thing to happen isn't that bad. So, and it just alleviates any of that kind of pressure, I think. So, yeah. And then you just move on, you adapt and you change what needs to be changed. Because getting caught up in the fear of things stops you from being able to deal with the immediate present. 100%. And, and yeah. we teach oh, yeah. that to our, our fighters as well. Like that's the same exact thing I have to deal with in martial arts because I don't know what's going to happen. I just know I've got nine, six to nine minutes that I've got to deal with chaos in there and try not to get murdered. I'm not going to die, but likely, hopefully. I'm mm. certainly not going to die, but it's scary as fuck. And so it, yeah. you are always constantly thinking of the worst-case scenario. So I will have had a fight about a thousand times before the fight even actually happens. And then at the end of it, you're like, what the fuck was I so worried about all that? Yeah. And that was the torture. The torture is the mental gain six weeks out the when entire it, When six it weeks. affects your performance, that's when there's a problem. Like, you need to be able to... Mm. figure that out because like even with singing live again for me with this new stuff we're doing like that we did one showcase up in brisbane it was just like full of industry people and like the first song was just like fucking blur like i remember just standing there just going i'm gonna pass out like oh it, God. it was so intense like, it was Fuck. a weird stage i was standing next to two jacuzzis on a staircase <laughs> like it was like the most odd it's like five o'clock in the afternoon with no lighting and and like just a bunch of people that are like industry dudes just yeah. sitting there and Ew. Kim. And, and they're Kim. like this, impress me. And Kim, Kim, and was Kim. Actually, Kim, Kim was, was actually there. Kim was actually sitting there. <laughs> and he yells at and me. he yells out yeah. just before we started the first song, he yells out to Jay, he goes, Hey Jay, don't fuck up. <laughs> no, 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 don't don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't and be that nervous. he You're fucked like, me so good. Like that got me good. I looked at him, I looked at him and I was like, genuinely, I was like, fuck you, dude. Uh, but I'm starting to get, you know, my feet again with all that. But I'm trying to identify why. Mm. like where that fear comes from and why it's in my head and why because I'll be at home and I'll just nail the set a hundred times in a row because it's just there's no one there no pressure even if you put one person in the room it changes things for me and I'm trying to figure out right now why what that is and why but um I guess the goal to be a performer is just to to be completely relaxed with as many people you know watching you as why do you think it is um I think it's the fear of what people think of me and I think it's it's losing my connection to the, like what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to think about if I fuck up what you know what will happen what will people think or what what are they thinking of me right now. Mm-hmm. Now all of that that just went in my head, I might have just missed something and I'm singing something wrong. Yeah. And then I you know I fall onto that mistake and then it just snowballs. Um but yeah, I just I I mean I've done a lot of performing and you get to a point where you just switch on like the the you know first four clicks of the set start and you're just you're you're in it it's you're like there, you know yeah. um but yeah it's definitely a fear thing i think it's just worrying about what people think of you and i think my goal you know i'm still pretty young but my goal is to get to the point where i just don't give a fuck yeah like the the less fucks i give about what people think the better i'm going to do 100% because when i'm at home it's it's all good like yeah. i can just sing naked in my living room and feel great yeah. Like, yeah, you know, man. I should be able to sing naked in front of thousands and feel great. You know, what am I afraid of, really? Mm. Oh, I know. Man, well, that's a tough thing. And you know what's good about that is that that's an authentic answer because the truth is there's so many people that are like, ah, oh, you know, I just grow up. I don't give a fuck about anybody. I don't. And it's yeah. like you're taking on the persona that doesn't give a fuck about anything yeah, because that's it's a, a different protection thing. mechanism. Yeah. It's a totally different thing because yeah. you're right. If every single one of us 
when we're alone to when there's one person in the room are different. Yes. Every single human in the yeah. world. I the whole podcast is about authenticity. This whole podcast is getting to the raw core awesome. of the truth of you. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here as a person that says, every day I sit down and do this podcast, I'm gonna be as authentically me as possible. Yeah. And I'll hear a podcast later and go, God damn it, I was being a fucking I, you know, I I did that thing again where yeah. I was trying too hard or I was trying to be funny or yeah. you know, whatever it is, because it it is so fucking hard yeah. when there's the it's being recorded. People are going to see it. There's it's, what happens if I forget my lyrics. Yeah. And I think on a different level that you guys have to face there, especially while you're singing, it's not only like you have to perform well. You've got the skill, obviously. Mm. We can hear you have the skill. But you know inside yourself what that feeling is to connect deeply to that song. And there's yeah. a magic inside that that's undeniable that yeah. other people will feel and notice. That's what you want to give to your crowd. Yes. So I think when you have that fear that you're not going to be connecting to your song, it's not that you're worried necessarily what they're going to think. It's more like you want them to feel the best that they could possibly yes. feel out of yeah. you. It's Definitely. A re- I, yeah. I, I think that's, Fuck, right. that's scary. Th- th- there's a responsibility when you, when you do something. Because, like, I I think it's crazy that people come out and, you know, watch you do and play music. Yeah. And pay mm. money to do it as well. And so there, I feel, like, a really heavy responsibility to be, to be prepared. It's, yes, like, not in me to just throw it together and just go, oh, like, whatever, cool. You know, like, I'm too cool for that. Because oh, I know that's just not, it doesn't feel authentic to me. Like, I right. want to be prepared. I yeah. want it to be amazing. I want people to, like to enjoy themselves and to go, wow, that was really incredible. Yeah. Because I know how I feel when I go to a show where the band just connect with you. Yeah. Oh, We've been to those God. shows where yeah. we stand there and it's just, you can hear a pin drop and, and there's this connection. And for me, that's what I want to be able to give other people. Yes. Yeah. You're in the business of making magic. Mm, yeah. It's not a self-indulgent thing because there, there's the issue with that. This The person, oh, I don't give a fuck. I just do what I want. There's an element of that that I think personally loses the, their potential for getting to greatness, to getting to that next level because you have to have that element of care yeah. that you want it to be so perfect that almost to the point where you would self-destruct because of it. Yeah. And and you're right. Like, this is coming through the tunnel on the other side. This is like, it's not that you don't want to give a fuck. It's that you want to develop a mechanism that you know you can get to that place of deep connection every single time, whether one person's in the room, 7,000 or nobody. Yes. That you can reach that connection. Because that is a... It's not something really that feels within our control. There's a sports psychologist that I talked to on the podcast that helps um, people. His job, his entire job is getting people in the zone. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And we need like musician psychologists. Yeah. You know, it should be a thing. It yeah, should be a thing because you want to be able to have tactics, like real founded in science um, t- tactics that will help you alleviate those weird worries, mm. get, calm yourself down, get yourself ready, and then, boom, now you're on. Because when, when, I, when I ever hear or see myself being my true self with no, you know, I'm not trying to dress something up or make it sound a certain way or try to be someone else. When I see me mm. or hear me, I'm so stoked. Yes. It's always the best thing. Yeah. When I see or hear myself not being me, it's, oh, man. It makes it's my cringy. Skin, oh, it makes my skin crawl. I know. And I've seen it so many times. Like I've seen videos of myself. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, and you're trying. You're this? pushing. Yeah, yeah. Like stop, please. It's like it's like it's the worst thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that is like a big goal for me. Is just to be able to get get the true me on stage. And mm. 
and that is you're, you've nailed it on the head. Like people, when they see, and when you see someone like artists do that and you get to feel them for real, yeah, it's better than hearing a song. Yeah. Like even when they speak to you and it's real them, it's just like gives people get off on it. It's yeah. really, really cool. And it, it's, it's amazing that it's so rare because yeah. in my opinion, I feel like this is our most natural state. You know, this is our most yeah. natural state of being is deep connection with each other where there's no bullshit, there's no nothing. This is the way that every person craves to be. This is why social media even works from the get-go. It's because it, it promises to be the solution to our internal aching loneliness because in our everyday lives, we don't connect to people on an on an authentic level. Absolutely. So we've developed this manufactured version of it, which is like the um, crack cocaine version of connection. And that's why we're all fucking addicted to it because it doesn't say it doesn't satiate the ache. It's not that's not solving the the problem. The problem is we need this feeling, this sensation of like deep connection to something powerful, yeah. sitting with people, experiencing people, listening to that like authentic expression. Yeah, uh, and I, everybody has it. I trial it even in like everyday stuff. Like I work in retail when I'm not doing music and. Mm. I try to give someone a real genuine conversation in a retail situation. And that just, people just fumble. They're like, they didn't even yeah. know what to do. They're just oh. like, you, when you give them <laughs> the, a real conversation, they start like, oh, what are you trying to do something to me? What is this? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? And you just, you're just being, you know, you really ask them, how are they doing? Like what's going on with you? Are you yeah. good? How are things? Even sometimes just looking at someone in the eyes yeah. and, and asking yeah. them, yeah, how they're yeah. going. How you are see you? people recoil. Yeah. I like interject with, uh, I, I don't know if this is my like clown mentality. It was something I developed as a kid because I was like uh, embarrassed that I never felt like I fit in. I had no idea how to fit in with people. And I so I would just be the clown. So I would just like say something raw and ridiculous because it would break the tension. Because mm. what I wanted was to sit with one person or two people and talk about something really Mm. real yeah because all of the nonsense day to day eh, I, I couldn't give a fuck i'd rather be at home by myself yeah and all the time i and i this is where i ended up getting myself into a bit of troubles because i just wanted to go away from everybody and i could drink a lot of whiskey doing that by myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make artwork and then never had to see anybody in the world and i'm thinking i'm so spiritual i'm writing poetry it was fucking gross <laughs> but see these things happen sometimes yeah. so um because i was uncomfortable i would just I, and i do it now still it's a still protection mechanism I don't want to talk bullshit with anybody, so I'll just say something super gross and raw. Yeah. And then they'll be like, either if they laugh, then it's okay. Then I've kind of broken the ice, broken the ice a little bit. Now we can have a little bit of a chuckle. Maybe we can talk about something yeah. real. If they don't laugh, they're not into it. If they shut down like in the retail situation. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, I You're tried. very good at it. I'm feeling really at home right now. Oh, that's yeah, good. So this is good. This is the, the main feedback I've been getting from the podcast yeah. from anybody is that it's so refreshing to be as authentically open to listen to somebody just say things, yep. whatever's happening. And everyone feels, I think everybody that comes in or listens to this always feels like, fuck, it's rad. It's just like being in a room with people that are just talking yeah. shit. It, Cause it's That's, real. And I'm, like, I love, I'm a huge fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. yeah. And for the, for me, it, that's the same thing because when I listen to him speak, he just talks like he would if he was in a room with his mates. Mm -hmm. He doesn't pull any punches. Yes. He's like, I like this, I like this, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? Let's just put everything on the table. And yeah, he man. just speaks, you know, sometimes it's like the wrong thing, sometimes it's the right thing. But 
you know, yeah. we're not perfect. So. Well, and that's a, I like the idea that you could sit in a room with people that you normally wouldn't get to hang out with and just listen to them. Like yeah. to be able to sit and listen to him and Bill Burr talk to each other about shit for an hour and a half or two hours. It's like, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. That, I mean, the, the concept of the podcast is such a great idea. Like, whoever came up with this is a fucking genius. I, I yeah. agree. I, um, I, my first podcast I ever got into was one, um, some Australian dudes, I think they're from Melbourne, called Mysterious Universe. Oh, okay. Have you ever checked that out? No. It's crazy. Oh, cool. It, I'm going to write that down. It's super, um, super interesting. It's kind of, they talk about everything that is like spiritual, religious based and, and they try and like take, you know, even like they talk about ghosts or like kind of supernatural stuff and then they talk about maybe the science behind it. They oh, both got cool. scientific backgrounds. Talking about like futurology stuff like, you know, how maybe the next generation um, of people will be the last generation to die because of the, the technological advances in how we yes. can, like, you know, extend life Whoa. and stuff like that. And imagine, like, the psychology of that, knowing that you're not going to die. Or imagine, like, what that to. does to yeah. us. Yeah. Like, to know that you're, like, yeah. oh. Anyway, fucking, we, <laughs> I have to go away. This, I'm gutted. I want you guys to stay forever. Um, let's, let's do this again and in a week or two or sometime when we can yeah, find we, some time. Let's do it again. I would love to, yeah. That would be awesome. That would be really good. Yeah, we, we could just come back and, and just keep talking because it's fun. I mean, this is refreshing. It's it's energizing so to talk, you know, openly and honestly yeah, about stuff. Hey? Yeah, it feels real good. And you guys are touring starting next, not next week, the week after, is it? We, At the uh, end of we, we, play, we play down in Melbourne on the 23rd and then uh, a headline show in Melbourne at Yaya's. And then we play so, at the um, Grapevine Festival. Okay. Which is, um, I think, the Yarra Valley. Is that the first one? Yeah. Yeah, we play Yarra, Yarra Valley Grapevine Festival. And then the next weekend we've got a headline in Sydney. And then we play the Grapevine Festival that's in Sydney. Yeah. Rad. And it's all up on Arroyo Music on Facebook. Do yeah. you have and you've got a website? Uh, we do. Not, yeah. Go to Don't Facebook. go there. Don't, Don't go, go there. to Facebook. Yeah. Facebook Arroyo or Instagram. Music. They've got like our dates and stuff like that. Yeah. So Okay. Awesome. Good shit. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so that was Matt and Jay from the band Arroyo. If you want to go and see them play, if you're in Melbourne or, I fucking, how embarrassing. I can't say that word properly because I'm American. Um, If you want to go and see them, they're at Yaya's in Melbourne, Melbourne, November 23rd. Uh, They're in Grapevine, the Grapevine Festival, November 24th. Then they're at World Bar in Sydney on the November 30th. And then Grapevine Sydney on December 1st. Then they're going to be back up here around the Gold Coast again and we'll get them back on the podcast anyway. If you want to go and check out their music or watch any of their music videos, I've got them up on my website. Also, it's Arroyo Music um, on Facebook and Arroyo Music on Instagram. Also, I'll have the links to that and tag them in it on my posts, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I hope you have a great week. If you enjoyed the conversation, please do tell your friends, share it around, go to uh, that Purple Podcast app and write it. Uh, I don't know. Write it? I meant rate it. Rate it, write a review, whatever. Tell people that I'm good at what I do so that more people can hear it, I guess. Um, And if you really, really like it and you want to buy me a drink, instead of buying me a drink because I don't drink alcohol anymore, you can go to Patreon and give me five bucks to keep doing this shit. Have a wonderful week. I will talk to you again soon.